Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Tennis Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Matthew Maximilian Anderson, and I am joined by my good friend, Duncan Mackay. Bonjour. And my good friend, Gary Cocker. How are we doing, Gary? How are you? Not bad at all, not bad, Duncan. There we go, there we go. We're some winners and losers. Oh, there we go. We're, We're a bunch of fucking losers, but... We got a platform to call other people losers, and it's happening. That's another example of why the world is unfair. Um, me and Gary have done uh, the the action from the midweek over on Patreon because we know it's football now. Football nowadays, the transfer windows. What's important? Uh, I've dyed what little hair I have is yellow. I look like a minion, and I'm ready to talk about the winners and losers of the transfer window and luckily enough Gary and Duncan have come to definitive answers for this. I mean, shall we just do alphabetical or do you just want me to completely randomise it? Duncan McCann, I'm going to ask you. Uh, let's, let's, let's just go alphabetical, why not? <laughs> no worries, right, so yeah. Aberdeen, Aberdeen, they cannot kick a jelly bean and that is true, in fact, in recent times but they have had a pretty wild transfer window because they've sacked their manager, got an interim manager, but still we're doing business right on deadline day. So Gary, I'll come to you. What is your opinion on Aberdeen's transfer window? Uh, As you say, Tony, um, they cannot kick a jelly bean. Um, In a way, I am... I think the first thing that puzzles me a little bit, and I I don't want to um, sound like a... Sound like someone going, but what does the director of football do? Um, 
especially because that's not really relevant here, but the fact that Aberdeen um, got rid of their manager halfway through January doesn't exactly contribute to what I would consider to be a successful transfer window. Um, because if you get rid of a manager, then someone's got to make signings um, for the rest of the month. Um, and the signings that Aberdeen uh, made, particularly in the final few days, were not really bizarre as such. I mean, obviously, a, a key uh, position that they needed to bring in some um, ballast for was at the very back uh, in goal. Um, Kelrus's injury means that they have essentially um, sort of tied a man uh, underneath the goalposts and hope that he can keep out some uh, shots. That man is Joel Lewis, uh, formerly a decent goalkeeper, but he's he's just not really got the man anymore. Formerly so Jay Gorter. Yeah. Um, all I know about Jay Gorter is that some Aberdeen fans uh, have said that it must be a positive. He must be good because Ajax <laughs> tweeted about him going out on loan. Which... Not just a bit of administration I, that everyone does. <laughs> I, I mean, I I am a straw clutcher, Tony, but that is something. Um, I think what's more interesting for me with Aberdeen is the departures as well, because you would think that with a new manager coming in, um, the likes of uh, Bissoyan and Anthony Stewart, I know that Anthony Stewart's maybe um, not the most popular uh, player amongst uh, the fans now, but it seems a little bit premature to send them out on loan. It was Robson sort of, Take, taking credit for uh, giving a Stuart. I love yeah. how playing to the gallery of Aberdeen fans at this day is, is boasting about binning their captain. Yeah. <laughs> if you've um, just been beaten 6 0 at the weekend by Hibs, then maybe it, like, you have to see any straw and, and, and grab it as you can. I, I Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's about. I've, I've put Aberdeen kind of in a. Uh, not a winner nor a loser, but but closer to but closer to loser than a winner, if that makes sense. Uh, I've got a few clubs in, yeah. in, in that area, and, and my argument kind of for that is they've they've got rid of some dead weight in Anthony Stewart now and Christian Ramirez, who seemed to be a, a huge distraction, despite being uh, you know, he had he had talent. There's no doubt about that, but the but the the problem was that he seemed quite disruptive. And then they've they've kind of Matty Pollock probably can't be any worse than Anthony Stewart. Let's be like you know in terms of, and, and I think that the the there will be eventually some revision. And we've talked about this in the group chat about Anthony Stewart is that he, for for a lot of time he was fine, and actually you know, even on Saturday like was was nowhere near the worst Aberdeen performer on the park and stuff like that. It's just that. Uh, the, the expectancy of captaincy, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, aligned with uh, the heads gone moments. A few people, you know, in the same way that uh, ties to my own club because that's exactly what you do. That uh, how Hibs fans would have treated Ryan Porteous if he was captain and still doing a few of his head gone's heads mm-hmm. gone st- sort of stuff would would be seen in a different context. Uh, so you know, and the fact it's only alone, maybe he'll come back. But you, so you've got rid of what were potentially malign or uh, you know, sinking influences. And for me, the the shine the, the, the shining, the signing of Graham Shinney almost makes every that, that window worth it mm. because he's such he's such an important player and will uh and I know we we got a little bit excited last night by the prospect, you know, that I think <laughs> Rob was like just imagine though, like imagine if Aberdeen <laughs> like, you know, uh, got themselves into trouble. 
but I can't see that happening with someone like Graham Shinney around and he's got enough ballast I think, I think to stop to to stop the rot uh although I've said that you know he was involved in the 6-0 loss <laughs> on, on, on Saturday I will forever mention that game for probably for quite quite a number of years um and you know so you know is uh Dylan uh, Mark and Annie and um Matty Paul hey, and, uh, and Matty Paul going to be upgrades no but at the moment, all it is for Aberdeen is just to see the season out and and wait for a new, uh, new manager and see what you can do and be, I suppose be ahead of the curve for when it comes to your dealings for the summer. And and European football is not out of the question for Aberdeen next year. Depending on, on what happens, I mean, yeah. and we've got we've got McDonald's being brought in, and, and obviously he's an interesting guy. I mean, the Swindon fans seem delighted to see the back of him, but he's like huge experience at that level, but. It, uh, and, and obviously went out with Alexandra Burke. Apparently that's cool. Um, so got to bring, bring a bit, of, bring a panaz, a bit of celebrity to to Scottish football, which is always fun. But he's old. He's not played a lot of football recently. He, he um, not this is a bad thing. It's absolutely brilliant. Obviously he recovered from cancer, so he's been through a lot. And they could have, and, and it wouldn't be unfair to think that someone's football ability could have sort of regressed during that period. So I mean that could be. Um, that could go badly, and obviously he didn't cover himself in glory in the goal last night uh, from from Declan Gallagher. So there'll be a bit of watch of space, but yeah, I mean Graham Shinney was exactly what kind of what they were missing, and and it sort of allows Clarkson to go forward a bit more. I think I mentioned and helps Ramadani, but I mean it's going to be hard to judge anyone until there's some a bit of stability at Aberdeen and they get over this sort of like death spiral, which I believe they they they, they will, and either through Robson or. Um, I mean, I'm seeing stuff about the ex-Poland manager pinging up on my phone right now. <laughs> um, I mean, let's not go into that. But who who knows? But let's move on to the next one. So, Guy, you're going for losers there. Or are you going for winners? Oh, yes. Right, oh, so losers. I, I, I... And Duncan, what are you going for? I'm, I'm, I'm saying... Closer to loser, but not like not not a winner, not a winner nor a loser. Okay, then thank you for setting on the fence for today. Sorry, I think I totally um I totally got the wrong end of the sit there because I, I just was totally discounting Celtic Football Club if we were going <laughs> to them alphabetically because what they did is just it, it's a shrug of the shoulders for me. It's a it's a little <laughs> bit of um oh, it's sort of bit- picking up a couple of Useful, useful squad players, um, and they've not got rid of Jackamacus, despite the fact he's been co- uh, connected to about seven different leagues yeah. uh, over the last month. The funny thing I found with, with Celtic was just simply that they were the le- needed the least, but before, basically before yeah. the window had even opened, they'd already signed three players for money uh, to to plug any gaps. And obviously, um, Alistair Johnson looks like he'll be a, a proper first team signing now that um, Juranovic is. Has gone to to pastures new in, in the Bundesliga, but um, yeah, I mean, but he's, it's like, we're, we're, allowed to, we're allowed to say it now. He, he he looks like he's got an annoying vibe, doesn't he? Who Johnson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been saying I, I, I've not seen a lot of the work he's been doing on on the social media, so please uh, enlighten me, if you will. He just, reminds uh, me of Michael Sarah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he really does. Is that not a good thing? Is that is Michael Sarah not a popular? figure in, in, in the world I don't know yes I, I've i got 
No issue with him, but it, it's just when he was speaking about when he was asked who was the most technical player at Celtic, he kept using the phrase clean. Um, it's just, oh, he's so clean. He's so clean. And I just thought, that's, that's a strange... Clean touch. It just, I, I, just didn't, so clean. I, I, I didn't like him because he got in straight in into like within a second interview of uh, of you know, talking about how uh, there was an organised conspiracy against the, the first equal most uh, uh, successful clubs in, <laughs> in, in, in world in world football. <laughs> like I'm just like, all right, give, give over, mate. Like it's just like yeah, he knows what he's got to do. He I know, I know, but I, yeah, there's. There's difference between a, being a fan favourite and just utterly pandering to your fans. Yeah, straight away as well. Uh, when you don't need away, to, they're already straight. on your side. They've not even seen you kick a ball yet. <laughs> I know. But like in terms of like you know, that we know the outlays in terms of Johnson and and uh, you know, uh, O are you know, they still got the, what they paid for them is less than what they got for Juranovic, who uh Amy, when she's listening, did not go for at least twenty million pounds. <laughs> um uh, <laughs> um but yeah, like yeah, I think that kind of uh, they'll be they'll be happy with it. Like you will sell. It's, 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 bo- it's a boring it's a boring window. But the thing is, if your club's doing things right, January window should be boring. Like uh, it should yeah. be, it should like it shouldn't be an exciting time. It should be about moving a few players on that aren't working and maybe getting one or two that improve you. And okay, Celtic assigned four, but that you, know, I think we can also chalk it up to it being a very unusual season given the the uh, the, the World Cup interference. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like hugely boring for Celtic, but they're going to win the league. Um, Kobayashi yeah. looks 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 a decent pickup, and the, the action I've seen, and um, I mean, centre half was possibly a place that they did want to strengthen, so that mm. he might look like that might be a, a pickup. But I mean, there's no point in going any further. I mean, Celtic's a winner, no. and they win everything anyway. <laughs> let's, so let's get on to the juicy let's, stuff. Let's, get, let's get on to what Gary's here for. <laughs> And that is, I mean, without doubt, losers. Um, they've done the United who've picked up Loic Ayani from Huddersfield Town on loan. And that is it. He is going to save their season, Tony. Mm-hmm. No, he isn't. United have had a shocker of a transfer window. They have loaned out Tony Watts to, I mean, you wouldn't really call Saberna a relegation rival, actually. Um, they've just loaned him to a another bigger, team a in the league. A bigger club. Is yeah, that what you mean? Go. Let's, yeah. let's go with that. A bigger club. They've loaned him out to a bigger club. Um, they're apparently still paying more than half of his wages. Ooh. So I could get moving Tony Watt on if you then use his wages to supplement other signings. I think this is the problem that United fans have is they, uh, Tony and I talked about it a little bit on the Patreon that United did a huge attempted rebuild or sort of a glow up if you want to use that phrase in the summer and it's just it's fallen to pieces for them. Nothing has gone right but what they've ended up doing is moving on, they've picked Barry Gitty over Carl Johan Eriksson fair enough but they've sent Ericsson out on loan, which means that if Barry Gitty picks up an injury, it's, uh, I forget his name, but it's, uh, I think it's Jack Newman, um, a, a teenage goalie who comes in. If Stephen Fletcher, the 35-year-old striker, picks up an injury, it's Cujo, a teenage striker, and that is it. So they've left themselves really light at either or potentially um, devastatingly light at both sides. Um, Fox seems to like to play with uh, three at the back, but he doesn't have the personnel for it and hasn't recruited that either. Um, I think Harks is now out for the season, which I think, depending on which United fan you speak to, is either um, you know a terrible thing or, or not a terrible thing. But they've they've just not 
I mean, you've already said it, Duncan, they've brought nobody in. And I, I don't think it's really fair to say, oh, but Harry Suter money, um, because that was only confirmed late on and you can only spend the money that you've got and, and do what you can with it. But they seem to have taken a very deliberate decision to attempt to survive this year, um, the rest of the season, and then they'll do their big business in the summer. And I know that there's not always value in January, but if you have a look at, and I know that we'll get to the other teams down the bottom, there's probably one other, uh, one other definitive loser, one probable loser, uh, another team who you think, well, at least they've done something. Um, to try and get out of this, but I think the biggest problem for United fans is they they're just not look they're looking at what they've got and they're not seeing what's going to be a, a game changer for them. And I think that there's been there was a Tony Askar out sign uh, at Kelly. It wasn't the first. I doubt it's going to be the last. There's a lot of discomfort and disquiet among the United support about the decisions that are taken and going on what happens on the pitch and where they are on the table. Can you blame them? They're trying, Duncan. They're trying to. They're trying to coast out the season, but they've actually created jeopardy by making that they're only two and two inches away from being in like quite serious bother. Would you say? Yeah, definitely, and and kind of borne out by the results last night. That you know they're, they're now sitting bottom. Um, you know they're you know they're obviously on the same same points as as Motherwell, but that St Johnston win has kind of taken them out of it. You you would say you would you know you would think largely. So then you've only got three other teams that you've that you're you're up against. I don't know. Like it's just if there not that there's 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 red warning lights on, but there's but there there's a there would be mild concern about what's it's going on. It's a high risk strategy. It is a high risk strategy. I mean the. the the difficulty is, there's just quite a lot of badly run clubs in the Premiership at the moment. Yeah, like that's like the fundamentally from from not just from the boardroom in certain clubs to who they decide to then put in dugouts and stuff like that. I use I still a bit. Um, I'm losing the word here. I am skeptical that that Liam Fox was the best candidate that existed out there for that job. You'll put that, and and I think that uh, if if it is a case that there's you know the the owner and the sporting director are potentially getting slightly chilly feet when they kind of look at um, how much money they've they've put in for 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 getting seen little little uh, gain. They they have they have they, to a degree they have to sort of communicate that to fans or work on some sort of uh, no one no one does that no one yeah, does yeah, that no, no, no one ever is, treats but, a fan but, with that respect yeah yeah but yeah. that's that's going to be your problem and that's why you get people that say in the band like and it's expensive mistakes and it's the fans that carry the can yeah. for it you know it wasn't it wasn't you know though I don't think there was many Dundee United fans that would have said should we sign uh, an unaffordable an unproven journeyman striker and Tony Watt yes do you want to pay five and a half grand or five grand a week in wages for him uh no like like uh and and now now you're carrying so you're carrying the cost of that not having worked out but you're also paying him two and a half grand to go and play for a team in fourth like it's uh yeah like they've they've, 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 no no they've, they've they've had a horror show of uh and not just this window, but like it has been a, 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 a season, this, a season and a bit in terms of just uh, th- things not going well. And I think that, that it, 
demonstrates actually how kind of lucky they got probably in town courts as well. Like, you know, that... The, they got the lucky. Was- they didn't even that. I mean, they, they managed to qualify for Europe in fourth with about fucking 12 points because of the league was shit. <laughs> and I think we found out that the town courts really isn't all that. And I think most people suspected that while it was even happening in front of them. But um, let's go to the, the Gorgie. Um, and uh, I suppose, get uh, Duncan, I'll stick with you here. I suppose a game quite similarly maybe to, to Celtic, really. They've just done pretty sensible business, it seems, uh, and yeah. because they didn't really have to do too much. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's, it's similar to Celtic, and I think it's similar both in terms of the business they've done and the way they communicated it, because Hearts never made out, like, oh, there's, you know, you never know what we're going to do in the final few days, um, which I think only sets you up for a fall, um, because unless the parts come together for you, um, and there's quite a few clubs. And actually, just very quickly going back to United, uh, I think they were <laughs> apparently making Hail Mary um, requests for like Stephen Welsh. They inquired about him yeah. um, for money. Uh, I don't think it was a lot of money. Um, but, you know, Hearts just got their business done. Um, they, they picked the next couple of players to pick up long-term injuries um, because that seems to be what Hearts have been loathing in <laughs> signings do. Um, so, you know, they, they brought in James Hill um, to play at the back uh, they brought in uh, Garan Cool as well um, he not a great start for Cool though let's be let's be brutally no, honest um, but he did nearly score against Ar- nearly score against Argentina in the World Cup so you know that counts yeah um, which is something I see I'm just playing to the heavy gallery here now um, <laughs> but yeah it's it's fine it's fine for Hearts they didn't really need to do that much they, they've done a, a couple the only, of the, on, the only issue fine. they've had is obviously they, they, they really went for Cam Patterson to come back and I think there is a gen, the only thing that's happened that you could have a negative is they've got, I mean, James Hill was something to play right wing back last night. He's not a right wing back. Um, and with Michael Smith's age and, and obviously he's injured there, they've not managed to get someone in in, in quite a crucial position, maybe, Duncan? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I, it's, a, it's a difficult one because that Hearts have cl- clearly gone for, you know, quite some relatively smart window and they're, they're definite winners I would say uh, or, or clear winners up there with, with Celtic and and, uh, and others that we'll get to um, because but their squad is already quite big like mm-hmm. that, this this was the, the, this was the issue that I mean it in a way you do feel uh, quite bad for, <laughs> for Joe Savage in terms of like you must be like I'm signing all these players and then yeah they just seem to walk into uh, the, uh, the the Rickerton glue factory and um, <laughs> boing, like, you know, like, boing just walk into the wall oh I need to go <laughs> ah yeah and it's all that, 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 oh, he's got a concussion like, the, you door, know, the, he's, the he's, door you have to you have to pull the door it's not a push <laughs> you, you, you sign on the dotted line then you, staff, you stand up and you get concussed yourself off the light you know that sort of thing um, they need to raise so, the ceiling they need to raise the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> so you know three They've gone for quality over quantity, um, which is kind of what you should be doing in January. Absolutely, um, and and maybe trying to do a bit different. I mean, it, it, it's always difficult as well when your your manager decides to just go a bit stupid like he did last night. Yeah. And you, know, uh, I I think it's very difficult for players to come into teams in January and kick on straight away. And I think that's like, and you know, you you might say that. That's going to be a difficulty for for cool in terms of like you know then you have to play on the Livingston's pitch and you know, won't be like you won't be used to that. He has to, so. he has to play centre mid against Rangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but 
uh, yeah, like Hearts, like the the their their business has been good for a number of windows now, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be interesting. So, uh, one of the tweet, yeah, I, I saw a tweet the other day, and I thought oh, it was quite interesting in terms of just how you look at how you should assess how uh, clubs are how clubs are doing and stuff like that. And it was on the basis that uh, you should because. Because uh, contracts can last so long, you know, like you know, it was, so it's Tim Keek, and he, which is a terrible surname, but he was like, it can take literally years to stabilize a club uh, with bad contracts on the books. Some signings fans will celebrate three, four years ago are probably the reason why you now have no, uh, the reason you have no money to spend now. So you should judge recruitment on how many minutes their signings are playing. Uh, and I suppose on the, like on that basis, so that, that I, it'd be quite interesting to go back and look at all these players that, that have been signed and see how many minutes they actually play um and we'll get on to the kind of that on the in the um the next team coming up on well, that in terms of how they had last in the, in the last window well let's let's just let's just do that i mean hearts are, are clear winners still uh, despite um yeah. so i've been able to us trying to figure out some sort of negative slant on it uh but let's go to haberna see who I think this window looks really now. It, it, there was a period where it looked terrible, but now it looks probably quite mixed because there is the positive of alleviating some of the the sort of deadwood, and it looks like the players that are coming in are coming in probably to to play now. But they obviously didn't replace Ryan Porteous. We look like we're about to be delving into the. The, the Michael Devlins of this world too. Not sure how much you can rely on him, but anyway, um, Duncan, wait, well, how do you see it, mate? Uh, if the result on Saturday had been different, I think that I, I think the there's potentially there was a potential for full scale mutiny uh, down <laughs> down Leith Way, but then you win six 0 and it covers like a, a, an absolute multitude of sins. So this window. You look at who we've signed, uh, James Jago. We've said, uh, I, I think he's uh, an, an Australian Alec Gogic. Um, he was gonna, he's going to be absolutely fine for breaking up the play. I would not necessarily uh, trust him to uh, to pass a <laughs> pass. I've a, seen him get the ball at the pitch five times already. Exactly in two, in two yeah. games. Like, he's, like uh, yeah, anything more than three yards might be a bit beyond them. Uh, CJ Egan Riley. Uh, Champions League player, who man. knows? Champions League player, like yes, as, as uh, so that's going to be no problem. He'll 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 waltz it, and then Matthew Hope, like on a loan signing from Middlesbrough, so an American loan signing from Middlesbrough. So if you With can a find trick in the Bundesliga, Duncan, yeah, yeah, and he scored for bloody America. He's an international striker here. To be honest, I, I don't know how it worked with him, but. Considering, no. uh, if he's going, if Nisbet's going off with a hammy, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't chuffed to see at half time that there actually was a, a replacement coming in right there and then. But how good he is, uh, well, 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 well let, let's be honest. Can he be any worse than our last American signing combined with our last middle signing on loan from Middlesbrough, which was uh, Christian Mueller and Nathan Wood? Yeah. No. Like you literally like the 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 the, the barrier uh, to do anything or the hurdle to clear that is uh is, is a is a is minuscule. Ah, uh, yeah, um, it's, but it's far away from insurmountable as you can possibly think. Yeah, having said that, there's you know Ryan Porteous going. Uh, I mean, the, the the point where it was going to be it looked like we were that we were going to lose uh, Ryan Porteous and Kevin 
Nisbet in one day was looking pretty, pretty Grim. dark. Not yeah. going to lie. Uh, I think Stephen Bradley was one of those guys probably would never do well for Hibs. Uh, he'll never break in at Hibs and will probably go on to have a really good career at Livy and probably score against us multiple times. That's mm-hmm. just, but but was I don't think was ever going to thrive. Dimitri Mitchell, so long farewell. We barely saw you. Like, um, uh, Dabrowski getting game time at this Queen of the South can only be positive. Um, Noah Kenna. I think that's really positive. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, because, I think, because we've done it, because we've done it in the same league. Uh, I, I think that we that has. There, it seems like a mistake. Seems like an expensive mistake. But if we are going to loan him out and we are going to discover anything, it had to be in the, the Scottish Premiership. So it's it's not been a positive signing, but I think getting him to a team where he'll play in the Scottish Premiership at least gives us an opportunity to to judge if he is going to be up for it. And he got two assists on his debut. <laughs> I think if that was the if that's the philosophy and that's the the rationale, then that is great. But then I would ask why we didn't do that for Elias Melkerson then. Um, and so that's the, where... Like, uh, the visa. I mean, you, you, it's, it's not... He's not, yeah, not, not kicked the ball not, yet. Yeah, <laughs> Three minutes. Um, so, like, yeah, Hibs... Hibs recruitment traditionally has not been great. I think, uh, so, uh, yeah, when I... So I had a look at... Um, just looking at the first uh, two, like, complete rounds of fixtures. 22, 22 league games... Uh, Hibs have only had, uh, you know, and this is rough, and, this is rough and ready and stuff like that. But they only had six players that played more than seventy five percent of the minutes available, and it's a bit crude because it doesn't reference injuries or anything like that. And uh, only one of them was a new signing, um, and, and that was yeah, and that was David Marshall. Goals. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah, and that was David Marshall in goals, which is kind of a specialist position. So uh, yeah, it's um, Josh Campbell, Paul ha- uh, Paul Hanlon. Uh, I'm surprised Dave Ewan's Marshall, not in there. Uh, he's Wor- played loads. Fortress Wor- and Cannon. No, Ewan's not. Yeah, but he's he's been in and out. This is like he's played. He's uh, made appearance in almost every game. But uh, yeah, it's Ten uh, minutes. So the recruitment, the recruitment's not been good. And that, looking yeah. back at that, made you see, made you realize how much Lee Johnson kind of plays Tom Bola with about five of the positions. There's about six like starters that he knows he's going to play. Um, so. Are these any of these signings going to elevate this Hibs team? Where the proof of the pudding is going to be in the tasting. Sorry, that's really boring. So yeah, Gary Cocker, of- Hibs winners or losers? Compared to where you were at one point, <laughs> I would say this point last mar- week, yeah. marginally winners. Um, <laughs> I'd say. I mean, it's I like we managed main- to create a scenario where we're winners due to how bad it was about to be. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, look, look, look at this, this man-made inst- this man-made problem that we created for ourselves. It could, is, it could have been a lot worse. This, this is only the second darkest timeline. Um, no, I, th- I think for Hibs, I mean, the thing is, Hibs are not going to go down uh, this year. Uh, neither of you will probably like me being so bold and saying that, but you're not going to go down. There's obviously an opportunity to get into top six, get into Europe potentially. Um, nothing, nothing that Hibs have, has done, I think really threatens that massively the only thing is obviously Schofield getting uh, recalled to I want to say Hull Huddersfield Huddersfield uh, I knew it began with an H Um, that obviously leaves you with Davy Marshall or Bust Um, Uh, I mean uh, Murray Johnson's not I think 
he was at, he was at Airdrie for a while. I think I think quite he's going to be all right. He not, he's, yeah. he's quite yeah. highly thought of, but then so's Kevin Dubrovsky, and he's not really been given the opportunity to break through. Lee Johnson's that it's quite interesting at the moment. Lee Johnson really uh, doesn't <laughs> doesn't really like giving uh, youth team players a break, and I think that's uh, been a bit of a sore point as Hibs comms keep trying to push out these like incredibly lengthy Instagram posts about how well our our, our youth teams are doing and stuff like that. And it's like, and and they definitely made a big thing of that, the fact that they brought on uh, two youngsters on on Saturday. Yes, when the game was like when we're four nil up, but like nonetheless, like so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Right. Kilmarnock, they brought in Kyle Fussell from San Diego Loyal and Luke Chambers from the the, the depths of Liverpool Football Club. Um, someone, so found Gary, in a cupboard, <laughs> someone found in a cupboard at the Mill. Yeah. And, but unfortunately we had the situation where they've somehow managed to get money for Ollie Shaw which is pretty impressive in itself. and But, like, out of nowhere, Kyle Lafferty looks like he's been dumped due to disciplinary problems, but not from McInnes, but from the board, Gary. Yeah, uh, I mean, the good thing is goal machine Christian Dodge uh, is still there on loan from Hibs, so Kilmarnock fans can rest easy. No, again, this was a club that similar, I, I don't think it's as disastrous as United for many reasons, but I think that the, the relative lack of transfer window business, um, certainly coming in for Kelly, is maybe a slight ooh, concern. Um, it makes sense uh, in a way, but I think the fact that Kelly have, I did the count earlier, I think they've got six players under contract beyond the end of the season. So it, it's they clearly just basically a cannot wait for me. Like that's all. Yeah, like they, like they just want to know: Are we in the Premiership? Sound. There's, a, there's a few teams team. that seem to be doing that, like obviously Dundee United, I think Hibs obviously with the idea of, of, of the restructuring they're going to do, that they're trying to sort of get to that position before going again. And Kilmarnock's probably quite similar to stay up and then you've really, really got a clean break to, to do yeah. work. Yeah, uh, for Derek McInnes to go back to uh, Aberdeen <laughs> players of old and go, do you fancy 16 British men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just normal man we're innocent man um, yeah um, so it's it's one of those where I think Kilmarnock fans are maybe a little bit concerned at what might happen but at the same time I think the squad that they've got is beginning to gel a little bit they've got quite a few despite the fact that um, their strikers uh, particularly last night against Sunday United decided not to bother trying to score uh, is, is maybe not the, the greatest feeling in the world, but they've got quite a few different creative options and they seem to be a relatively cohesive unit. So fair enough in a way. Um, but, but obviously yeah. if, if they end up going down, then it's a it's very different bit, conversation. People yeah, are having. Yeah. But as things are at the moment, I don't think it's been disastrous. It, it feels very much like holding steady. I, th- I, th- I think it's uh, probably in isolation, each decision they made in terms of people leaving the club were the right ones. Um, unless, well, we don't really know what, we don't know the full story with Kyle Lafferty, but it would seem odd. I that certainly want get, to. I know that you get him now and not when he'd, when he'd done the thing that he was meant to have done, but albeit that was on international duty. I don't like you, it's all but, um Yeah, there's no way they could now use that as the reason he's out. He's done something else and you owe it to us to tell us. <laughs> um 
but and and it was interesting. McInnes <laughs> McInnes used a very odd fr- like no, it made sense, but it was I'd just never heard transfers being described as is that uh, they had a cu- they had a couple of transfers that that came off the post. Uh, <laughs> it was like oh, well, fair enough. Why why wouldn't you use uh, football vernacular uh, to describe how how getting signings did? So I'm I'm fairly confident Kamarnik will be able to pick someone up. Uh, free tra- in the in the free transfer markets um, that will probably do a job, um, and I think that like you know, that that they'll I think that I think ninth is going to be grand for them. That's all like that's all they want is is actually tenth is tenth is good enough. Yeah. Uh, yes, Scottish football fan, do not get above your station. What you should accept is people coming in and doing a job for you. We've been doing it for years. We've been doing it for <laughs> centuries. So stop fucking moaning. There's a man coming in on a free transfer who will do something good for an hour and a half, and Once. that'll keep you up. <laughs> and you should be fucking grateful. Um, Livingston, they've taken Stephen Bradley uh, from Hibs and Louis De Lucas from. FC Hacker. I mean, it's impossible to deny that, that at least um, that Bradley certainly had a, a strong start at Livingston. I I have nothing to say <laughs> on this. Um, Livingston, to me, are, I think Graham Thos often talks about putting in Cali with the faceless men, um, and it was just a rotating cast. And I I just have that with Livingston and the fact I, that it's just so little business. And fair enough, they're they're doing fine this season. They they didn't really need to do that much. So. But, but given, I think it's actually been quite a good window for them. I think they're the winner. They are a winner in the sense that whether this was uh, naive of Martin Dale and stuff, but he did talk up uh, a number of times, kind of a financial gap that the club had around VAR that because of things like VAR and and other stuff, uh, you'd have thought that that would make them vulnerable to being picked to have a couple of their players being picked off, and they haven't. They haven't lost any. They haven't I lost can't... any first team. I can't they believe that. They and loads, and and, and, loads yeah, in the last six months of contract, eh? Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't know what that's about. Uh, I, I, you know, especially when a club's publicised that they're, they're struggling for cash. Maybe, maybe inquiries were made. Uh, maybe maybe they wanted the money you know, all and all up front or what have you instead of lump sum. They end up with none. I don't know. But so I would I would given where Livingston are, you know, sitting fifth and relatively comfortable i mean albeit taking a shoe in last night but that they're not not the first nor the last this season still still in the scottish cup and all that you know that yeah like i think i think it's a really positive window just to just to get through it and not be picked off because when you're that small and having that good a season you you there's the vulnerable you you are vulnerable and picked off and, and yeah and, and, and you've got a lot of sort of out of contract players and maybe some of them of your better players i mean your fitzwater's um, it's a, and and, and we know and we know that Livy aren't paying paying big wages as well, so mm. that it's easy. It should it should be relatively easy to unsettle players. But then I suppose that speaks to the the great work that Martindale has fostered there, mm-hmm. and and appears to be able to do it even on the, like you know the the culture stays the same despite you know they're now on to about their under Martindale must be their third or fourth assistant manager and their second or third first team coach or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. that sometimes you worry about the the harmony in a club like that, if, especially if it's small like that, like uh, personalities can make things, could make things unpleasant or even better, I suppose, for certain squads. Uh, and it just seems to be on an even keel regardless of who he brings in to, to help assist them. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I said what might be the small issue is not being able to get in any money for these players might affect their ability to replace them in the summer. It may be losing one for two hundred thousand might have helped. I don't know. And I mean, they seem to be doing quite fine without Nubly, for example. Uh, but I'm surprised there wasn't more vultures. Even f- for Fitzwater, there was tons of teams in the Scottish Premiership who could have done where a centre half. And I was shocked that you, he would have been relatively cheap. You probably would have got him on a relatively cheap contract as well. And I mean, relatively, maybe talking like three grand a week was what maybe Fitzwater. And if, even if you get him on a two year deal and he's a bit stopgappy, he's definitely not going to be shit. You know he's gonna he's gonna be comfortable. He's left sided, like you know, like there's there's loads of things that positive that I'm surprised so many teams needed one and never thought. Well, that's an easy one to pick off and and just especially maybe later in the window when you've not been able to get the business done. You're like, let's do this. It's gonna be cheap. He'll hit the ground running. But no one's done it, and I maybe living as I said, be interested to see if that has any bit. But it never does. Martindale will do fine, and Livingston will be absolutely fine next season. So I don't even know why I'm trying to create any fucking jeopardy. Um, <laughs> Motherwell signed two, four, six, seven players, including bringing the hammer of the hearts, John Obika, back up to Scotland. Who I've not heard a peep about since he went back down south. So I'm going to put my neck on the line without checking any transfer markets or Wikipedia that he's been shit. Um, but Gary. Your good friend Graham is a big Motherwell fan. He's been ranting and raving, very unlike Graham, to be honest, uh, in, in, in recent days. And um, what is this winners or it's losers? It's pretty hard to tell. I don't know who any the fuckers are. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's how can I put this? If I was a Motherwell fan, I would rather that they'd done what they've done, which is sign a lot of people that are not the team that has been there yeah. for the, la- for the first half of the season. One or two to hit them. Yeah, yeah. So at, do anything. Yeah, at, at least they've done that. But I think the the biggest thing that probably pushes them to the loser category is the loss of Penny, um, mm-hmm. because they now just don't have a left back, um, which is sort of something that you need. Um, and he was also probably their player of the season um, up up until uh, he was recalled from loan. So that's a pretty big blow. Um, I think what they've clearly tried to do because there was a period of time when essentially for Motherwell if Van Veen wasn't fit they they were toothless up front and so what Stevie Howell's done is he's gone out and signed every potential wide man and forward that he can um, that he has ever even heard of um, so Jack Aitchison's come in um, Ollie Crankshaw's come in Riku Danzaki has come in Mikel Mandron has come in and Jonathan Obika has come in and I just don't know how you manage to fit all of that in. Um, I think that the biggest thing is just that if you look at it's actually a little bit of the reverse of Harps. If you have a look at Harps lineup against uh, Brora when they went out in the cup um, and you look at the lineup that they had in any week um, this season, you can see such a huge step change uh, for the good for Harps. You can see that the, the overall quality, what I think Duncan was speaking about earlier on. Um, that overall quality has just stepped up over the last half a dozen transfer windows. For Motherwell, it's the exact opposite. Um, you look at the squads and the teams that are putting out and you're just thinking that's a, that's a championship squad and I don't think the signings that they've made in January are going to do anything to dispel that. But I think at least, unlike a couple of the other teams that are down at the bottom, at least they've tried to do something 
at least the back the manager you can doubt whether that's a wise thing um whether they maybe would have been better off changing manager and seeing what ideas someone knew had but at least they've done something not a centre yeah, half though, Duncan Mackay. No centre. Like they're no. now kicking about with one individual centre, which is possibly better than Solholm. Um, yeah, I mean, get, getting, of course. Yeah, we're get, get, getting rid of him uh, for cash is uh, incredible. Um, would be my assessment of that. Maybe but... one of the greatest businesses ever done in January. So the, making this one very difficult to judge. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... It's a difficult one, isn't it, with, with Motherwell because it, it's been so lackluster. I don't think, I don't think changing the manager at this stage does does much to help either. You know, given that you you barely gave him a chance anyway. You, you know, we had you came in very. You know, I don't think he had much time to do anything in, in the first window. I think we, it's this big change that Motherwell off the park. Obviously, Alan Burrows is going to be leaving at some point as well. It's yeah. I suppose they've they've rolled the dice. I suppose that's all you can say about about Motherwell in in this in this window. But it it feels very relegationy, doesn't it? Like it just like you know, like it just not winning the, in for since October. It does sound like, relegationy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like so, doing this does sometimes work, and then sometimes you. Uh, I'm just thinking of like uh, Daniel Hines, wasn't it? Daniel Danny Hines that Hibs signed in uh, Haynes and stuff like that. Like you know that, that you know like. When you're when you're getting in that well, three lone players isn't that bad, but like it's but it's also doesn't feel great. And and the problem that Motherwell have had is that there's been no sign of life. So I suppose anything that anything that makes a difference is going to be good. But they're they're, they're just a team this season that's completely kind of you remove Kevin Van Been uh, out of it. And here you is kind of kind of bereft of personality. McKinstry, I think, is a, is a can could be a player, but like he's surrounded by so many other jobbers that mm. it's really difficult. And people and, who don't really I, seem to be bothering their arse, Goss, yeah, I, I, Slattery, I, and, and so does yeah. Does this roll of the dice inject something? You can, you're, you're kind of looking for a reaction, aren't you? You're kind of just looking for for players to collide and and hope it hope it all works out, but. I have my doubts, and for me, I, I, like a, along with United, like just the definite losers because they just did not get the positions. Or you know, get Motherwell get six players. Actually, maybe you only need two. Maybe you only need two quality players. Set a half and a left back. But instead, you they managed to bring in six players, and they've got two still gaping, gaping holes in the team, and that's aye. So well, that, well, yeah, they've, got, they've gone. To, they've gone to the supermarkets. They've gone to hell. They should have done. They've gone for the reduced items, and just to, and just to hope they can make a dinner out of it. If you know what I mean, aye, like, yeah. that, like. Just loads and loads of rustlers. Like, that's the the crap right-wingers and the crap strikers. (laughs) It's just tons and tons of microwave rustlers. When you need some fucking rice. And you know what? what? Sometimes a rustler will do a job, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Said like a true student there. And obviously we've got the hope that Barry Maguire goes to Dundee and then just scores a header in the playoffs and relegates Motherwell. He won't be able to play, will he? That's the fucking problem. Well, unless they've not done the paperwork properly. And people do that in Scottish football very <laughs> very very regularly so <laughs> who knows right next up uh, Rangers uh, I, yeah, I think no doubt that the winners I think they've put in they brought in two 
two players that will probably go straight into their lineup and will possibly uh, improve it. Yeah, as, uh, like, I mean, listen to you and and you know, and he said you know that the, the two players that will start will be important parts of the team and they can start building for next season. You know, it allows them. They, they know that those players are going to be there with them next season mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think Beal knew when he was taking on job that, that winning league was unlikely, but uh, he'll be judged on next season. And if he's got two players embedded that make it a lot easier for their summer signings, mm-hmm. whoever they may be, mm-hmm. or, or you know, these two even take the current crop of players to the next level, then, uh, then you're happy. And again, you know, you know, losing Charlie McCann is a big, but you got money. You got money. For, you got money for youth player. You got, you got money you for a mean? guy like, who every like, time he played looked extremely out of his depth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, and, and you got my, and you got cash from Southampton to release him, so they've learnt something <laughs> from yeah. from from last few years. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, yeah, like it's like uh, the 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 much bigger surgery will be done on Rangers in, in the summer, but at least Beal will have. Beal and Ross Wilson will have plenty of time to to think about how, how they want to do it, and it, and it should potentially be more strategic than uh, than some windows have been. And again, and I think that not not that many players going out, not that players going in, is probably what you want at the moment. Yeah, they'll have to just have to work out who they're going to bring in uh, as their new keeper. Um, basically, and spent the whole summer working that out. Um, they, that's yeah. what they should have done last summer as well, and they still yeah. didn't. So, um, but yeah, like Duncan said, it's pretty dull. They're clearly a winner. I think Cantwell is probably a much more the. I think there's been a little bit of an equivalence drawn with when they signed Kent, but I think this is actually in some ways a much more ambitious and complete signing that they're making because uh, Cantwell the last time Norwich were in the Premier League was excellent um, for them, and he's obviously just had experience of playing for uh, Norwich again when they've been battling at the top of a division that they desperately want to escape from. Um, the Rangers don't, well, maybe they do want to escape from the Scottish Premiership, but they can't. Sorry. Um, so I think it's a it's a sensible signing to make, uh, and it's just incredibly dull that the both sides of the old firm are doing sensible stuff, and they're not signing the likes of Philip Sendros anymore. <laughs> yeah, Raskin, Raskin, but I don't know anything about him, but by yeah. all accounts and everything I've read just sounds like a really, really good sensible strong side and, and and it's a bit circumstances and um timing seem to get a guy who maybe could have went elsewhere and they've got him in at rangers uh, and they seem yeah. to really really want him and that always is, is a positive when you when you get that over the line right ross county been relatively busy it took a bit of time i think towards the end of the window but they've focused on getting mobile strikers and it's hard to argue that that's something that they they certainly needed because the wide men that they've brought in and they've been playing in this 4-3-3 almost this season really haven't contributed anywhere near enough and obviously they've been moving to a back three recently which brings a second striker and you think that Brophy and Murray should be able to do a job up there with Jordan White? I, I, I mean, I like how, the, the tone of your yeah. voice, though, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Clear myself of any wrongdoing if it goes wrong <laughs> with that inflection. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, how many times have we have we been waiting for Eamon, you know, saying this is the move for Eamon Brophy? Mm. You know, this is this is this is the one that he's going to really, you know, knuckle down. Well, it's not necessarily knuckling down, but you know, really just catch fire and you know, show us really earn that potential. 
so I have my doubts. I have my doubts about Simon Murray being a Premiership striker. I think he's a, a I think he's a, a, a proven uh, several times over as a good Championship striker. I, I again have my doubts as a Premiership striker, and you. He likes, he likes a run though, Murray. He likes a run, and he only needs to do something like what he done at Hibs. Maybe it's a three or four game run that brings seven points, nine points, or something, and, it, that, yeah. and that's then, that then job it, yeah, done, yeah. really. Yeah, uh, and it, I mean, it might be money talking, and it might be uh, bad Facebook intel, but uh, the fact that he chose to go to to Dingwall rather than Motherwell says speaks volumes as well. Mm. Um, about where 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 both clubs are at the moment, uh, where you know from a hips perspective, hopefully they get a tune out of uh, Noah Ken, uh, Kenner. That would be quite good. And uh, I don't know anything. I'll be honest. Don't know anything about Josh Stones. And I'm like Wigan Athletic must have the world's biggest squad because it seems yeah. that every, every every single one of their players ends up on loan in Scottish football at some stage or another. So uh, and you know they you know. They've not lost anyone. They'll just have any tears over. That, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you can like their 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 league performances and results are slowly on the upward curve, and I think they have added players that uh, will accelerate themselves away. I think, yeah. I mean, you know, given who their managers, I'd probably dearly like them to be to be caught back up. But you are starting to. You're starting to feel that uh, that having that that bit of ambition there will probably see them into ninth, mm. <laughs> like yeah. basically. Well, yeah, I, I've got no doubt they've offered Simon Murray um, a, more money, a big, a big, big, big bag of cash. Um, and as Duncan said, I don't really think he is a sustainable Premiership striker. I think he can be quite streaky. I think that he is someone who, in specific types of games and specific circumstances, can do something for you, and that's fine. And the fact that they have at least, you know, spent a little bit of money to bring in new options, um, it's already brought them a point at home against Hibs. Um, and you would imagine that compared to other teams, they can at least switch things up a little bit. So I'd say, again, if I was a county fan, looking back at the business they've done, I'd say, right, OK, let's just see what this brings. So let's put them in the winner's column. There we go. Right, so Johnston, one man in, one man out. Uh, Zach Rudden I mean Gary you can take the floor here Zach Rudden to St Johnston how does that make you feel oh I I mean in fairness um, if St Johnston are going to keep playing two up top Rudden might be okay at that Um, the problem for him at Dens was that uh, Dundee this season have mostly been playing with one striker um, supported by two wingers and someone in the hole behind them and that just hasn't worked out from the all. He has scored a fair few goals for Dundee, but he was on penalties um, for a while. So it's no big surprise. He's decent enough in the penalty box, but he's, uh, in fairness, he was on the bench uh, for them last night against Motherwell. I don't think he's necessarily been brought in with a view to him being their star striker in the second half of the season. But it's a different option for them, um, essentially, from Nicky Clark and Stevie May. Fine. Um, it allowed Dundee to bring Zach Robinson back from Wimbledon. That is all I care about, really. Um, it's a far better option for us. So, yeah, with St Johnston, again, they're they're one of the sides that is in that sort of growing sort of twilight zone 
um, within the Premiership of they could somehow be looking at European football um, or they could just be looking at finishing ninth or 10th and shrugging their shoulders and going again. And they've not done anything in the transfer window to push me either into thinking that they will be playing uh, you know, in sunnier climes in the summer or to think that they're really going to be struggling. So just a, a big shrug of the shoulders for me. But thanks for letting us loan Zach Robinson. That was good of you. There we go. Duncan, have you anything to add to that at all? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. There's not, not really much to say about St. Johnston and stuff. <laughs> like, it's like, but uh, the man transfer... That was weird. They, they thought like he started off all right. And then he yeah, played a bit. And then they just to totally, they totally discarded him. It's like a falling out, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. And... It, it, I, and I suppose it speaks to a wider thing that that fans of St Johnston have had around, uh, kind of the, and, and not just fans, the the the, the uh, local media have said as well that the kind of the uh, gates have been kind of drawn up a little bit at, at McDermott Park in terms of access to players and all this sorts of thing and stuff. So there's not not a sense that people know exactly what's going on at the club, um, and I suppose that is explained by the rationale behind signing Zach Rodden yeah, uh, as well. Like it's like, a you club know, like, for sale, and this January transfer window shows you what a club for sale does. Nothing, really. Yeah, but um, the, with St Johnson, you're never sure if that was if this is just because they're for sale or not as well. Um, you know, but you because you, in my mind, I You'd have thought St. Johnson would be an attractive proposition on the basis that you know, a debt-free football club is you know, pretty hard to find. Um, but uh, what do I know? Like maybe 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 the maybe there needs to be more megalomaniacs in Perthshire based. <laughs> I don't know. Um, right, last uh, and with the way I'm feeling, which is very very tired, submitting fan. So I do apologise at, at least. Um, they have done a fair amount of business they've brought three in and they have let four go one of those going Jay Henderson down to Inverness who's had a really good start there and that could end up being a, a really good loan deal for him that's me pretending I know about the lower leagues there and because I'm on the TV <laughs> tomorrow you can see a bit of the research that I've done before, do, before <laughs> doing it um, but um, Tony Watt obviously the headline there um, I think that'll work there. I think I, I like the sound of it with 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 the way they play and who they have up there to play with them. Yeah, so, but my, my you look at it in terms of it, if it's just a straight swap, really. If you're in terms of you're trying to look at it in that sense, they've let go or Imbrophy's left the club, and Imbrophy hasn't scored this season for for St Mirren, and there's been a bit of a, a loss. Tony Watts an upgrade on that, and you're already doing quite well. Uh, so why why not try and push that advantage. Um but like Brophy, we 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 keep seeing the potential on Tony Watt, but it's never it, we just don't seem to be getting the, the, the full the full package uh, and is Stephen Robinson the person to get that out of him? You'd well, think done it that, before. Uh, maybe 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 Tony Watt realizes that he needs someone moaning at him the, mm. the whole time to get the best out of him. But Everything about Tony Watt's career suggests so far that that will that that will work for you know two three months, which might be enough actually. If you mm-hmm. want to take you to the, to the start of May, and then it will then it lends uh, in tears. But um, and then I can't really say I know much about Richard Taylor, Thierry Small. Sorry, Saint Martin fans. Um, 
And uh, mentioned this on Monday's podcast, losing Ethan Erhorn uh, to England uh, kind of felt inevitable. You do wonder, like, how you, Lincoln City, like, you know, like such a like a non non entity of a club, really, uh, that, and yet still they're able to take promising Scottish youngsters for three hundred thousand pounds. But uh, as I mean, Craig Anderson discussed on Monday, I think it could be that it it's a bit of a make or break. I think for Erhorn because there's bags and bags of talent there. You can see it. He's got mm-hmm. he's he's got the ability. He's got the technique. Does he have the application? And if you don't apply yourself in League One or League Two in England, then you're going to yeah you're going to yeah you're going to get found out pretty quickly. I mean, you might not improve technically as a footballer, but your um, fortitude will be tested. Anyway. And your minerals will be found. And yes, yeah. I always think that it's playing for that submarine team under Robinson. It's not. Not, not, not the, a nice fit, not is to it? play for him, and that's not a criticism of either man. I like, I like the way Robinson plays, so I'm never ever criticising. I, I like, I like them up and at it. Um, but yeah, for Erehorn, it's probably like just it's never going to work out. It's a waste of who he is. It's never. It's just like you would, t- just like having a, a big humpty striker like Maine and playing in a team where you want him to sort of go in behind or you want him to drop short and link play and stuff like that. This never going to work, and that's and that is absolutely fine. Um, is there anything else you want to add to this, Gary? Remembering that I am tired, and that's just me being clear. <laughs> well, <laughs> given you've said that, all I'll say is I think Tony Tony Watt is a smart signing. Given that they're not paying that much of his wages, it's a change of pace, and it contributes to uh, Stephen Robinson's love of a team full of players that you love to hate. Yeah, there we go. And I think what I think what will be good. We may not be there yeah. the way they play. I think Watt's be drifting out wide, picking up the ball. And it'll be fine. You've got Ryan Strain. He can link up with. I think. I think it, it all makes perfect sense to me. But what do I know? Uh, thank you very much for joining us, lads. I appreciate it. And thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for continuing to support the Patreon. Me and Gary spoke about all the action from the midweek over there. And as I alluded to earlier, a view from the terrace is back. Uh, and me and a few of your well-known faces and friends from this podcast do the opening night because Sean uh, maybe has something wrong with him. Who knows? Uh, Telfer has many goes at at why Sean McGuigan is not there. And you can choose the one that you believe. Uh, But thanks again, lads. And thanks very much again for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.